to the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. We have all likely heard of the concept of lean uh, in business. We generally think of this in terms of lean manufacturing, Um, but the the concepts and principles of lean are actually uh, quite transferable. And today's guest is uh, an expert in this space and is an author of uh, a book called The Lean Treasure Chest. And um, the, the, the concepts and principles of um, uh, of lean processes are quite relatable even to smaller businesses and, and can be very effective and very beneficial in the small business space. So one thing that I want to encourage you uh, as you listen today and you hear some of the things that Jay and I talk about, um, I, I want to encourage you to go check out that book as well because there are a lot of things that you can take and relate it back into your department that you run, the business that you lead, um, even, even if the organization as a whole is not focused on the lean principles. Uh, so again, that book is called The Lean Treasure Chest, and um, a lot of great value in there about how you can how you can take those and really take those principles into any business size uh, to help you run more effectively. So I uh, want to encourage you to check that out. And also, if you have any questions, if there's a topic you'd like to hear more about, as always, I encourage you to reach out to us. You can do so at podcast at employerblueprint.com. Be sure that you hit that subscribe button so that you can always get the latest content that we have put out there and tell your friends, leave us a review. Thank you so much for listening. I absolutely appreciate you all. Take care. Well, hello, and thank you for joining us this week on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Um, you know, as business leaders, there are so many things that we have to learn to uh, adjust to, find efficiencies in, um, make sure that we are managing properly. And sometimes we get caught up in the day-to-day so much that we forget about these other uh, sort of intangible things that are happening around us that um, can really differentiate the best from the rest. And so uh, our guest today helps larger businesses, manufacturing, healthcare, and and other industries um, with some of these areas. And a lot of what uh, we're going to talk about today impacts us as small business leaders just as much as it does larger companies. We just tend to not focus on it as much because we don't feel like we have the time. Um, But again, as those things differentiate the best from the rest, we have to decide, do we want to take the time to focus on these other areas so that we can be the best that we possibly can be in our business, in our industry, and for our team. So, Jay, I thank you so much for being on today. And um, as we get started here, as we kick off, why don't you walk us through your history and experience and just catch us up to how you got to where you are now and what's led to the passions that you have. Absolutely. Thank you, Kyle. It's a, it's a pleasure being on your show. Um, so I started my career in the Marines. Um, you know, if you've got some Navy, Air Force, and Army people out there, they're already thinking, oh, no, a Marine. But that's okay. We're all brothers and sisters. Um, so I started my career in the Marines. Um, it was a great, great start to a career. Um, from there, uh, I went to work. And I've been in operations for the last 25 years in um, companies like General Motors, Ford, Caterpillar, Toyota, uh, Tenant Healthcare, gosh, um, it's just, it's a blur when I think about it now, uh, 25 years, it's just gone by like a snap of a finger. Um, most of my career has been spent in operations, but 
what I found is that when I went to work with Toyota is that my real, real passion was improving things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I have to be careful when I say um, improving things, because what I do, I don't go into a company and improve things. I go into companies, um, large, large companies, medium sized companies and help them understand how to improve things. So it's interesting thing about being um, classified as a consultant. I'm not a consultant. I'm an advisor. Um, I'm an advisor who's run budgets, who's run operations, who's managed people from a supervisor level all all the way up to vice president level. So I understand operations. I understand how organizations work. Um, And now that I started my own company, I understand how a small company works. And it's, it's a very different not better or worse, but it's just different. So I understand a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast. They're they don't they don't run their operations the same way as a Toyota, um, but the effectiveness and the efficiency and with how they op- run their operations is multiplied times a million when it yeah. comes to to their success. So, mm-hmm. and you know, so along that along those lines, uh, and I love the way you put that. You know, it's really just. Um, helping them understand how to improve things. And, and to the point that I made earlier as, as I was introducing the show is, um, you know, in the small business space as leaders in that, we oftentimes do get really caught up in putting out fires, day-to-day issues, whether it be, you know, an issue with an employee or um, something went on with a client. And, and sometimes we fail to take that step back and look at things uh, kind of just at a higher level to see, how can we improve where we are? How can we look at it maybe a bit more strategically? Um, and so that's something you work with your clients on, and especially in um, kind of the, the the lean leadership and servant leadership model. Mm-hmm. So as a leader in these businesses, what what are some things that you would recommend people do when they get caught up in that day-to-day to help them take that step back and see things differently so that they can better understand what they can do to improve the business that they're in? Absolutely. Um, one of the things you have to think about when you're in a smaller company it's versus a very large company, it's kind of like if you go to a lake that's, that's 400 feet deep and you throw a rock in it, mm-hmm. the impact on that overall organization, which is 400 feet deep, is minimal, right? Mm-hmm. You throw a, wa- a rock into that water, that little wave impacts much more of the organization. It goes farther down. So, I mean, it, it's a percentage. It has a much bigger impact on the organization. So when I work with, with medium to small size companies, what I try to get them to realize is that you're right. We get into the firefighting syndrome. I call it the Superman um, syndrome. Mm-hmm. What that means is that we spend our days going from this emergency to the emergency tomorrow, to the next emergency and the next emergency what happens is we, we do, we lie to ourselves when we're in an emergency today and say, I don't have time to fix it today. I'll get to it tomorrow. But what happens is tomorrow gets here and you have three times as many emergencies. So you end up working on those emergencies today and say, I don't have time to work on yesterday's. Um, I'll get to those the next day and I'll get today's to tom- on tomorrow. You get to tomorrow and you've got five times as many emergencies and all of a sudden the emergencies that you've been fighting for the last two weeks, you never address. Mm -hmm. But if you were to actually document the issues you have on an ongoing basis, what you end up finding is that the issues and the things that you find over and over and over and over and over again are actually related to each other. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening 
is after a while, you stop seeing those as fires. You stop seeing those as um, emergencies. You just start seeing them as part of how we do things. Yeah. And I can guarantee anybody that's listening to this can probably go out to their team, sit down with anybody that works on their team and say, listen, um, tell me about some of the things that get in the way of your effective processes. Mm-hmm. And they'll go through a list and they'll go, well, how long have you been fighting that? Well, for years, but it wasn't getting fixed. So we just started working with it. Right. The, the barrier and the obstacle became part of the process. It's kind of like uh, candles. You take five or six candles, put them in a big pot. You turn on the, the oven, you pour them all in. Guess what? They're not a different candle anymore. They're the same candle. They're all part of the processes. The problems actually become the process. <laughs> and, and what's mm-hmm. really, this really sad but it's absolutely a fact in any size organizations is we, we get to this point and we hire new people and we spend time training people on how to run a broken process. Right. So they don't ever know anything different. So five years down the road, we're, we're, we're completing our processes. We go out there and watch the process and we say, why are we doing it like that? Mm-hmm. And they go, well, that's how I was trained. <laughs> yeah. And so it ends up, it ends up being this historical legacy of problems that we embed into our process and they become our process. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, one thing that I often recommend and uh, I try to do this myself, um, you know, admittedly, I'm not the best at it. There are times that I uh, don't um, carve out time for this, but one of the things that I often recommend is uh, setting side uh, very specific times to step away from the business to work on the business instead of in the business. And um, mm-hmm. I have a meeting once a month, uh, a group that I'm a part of that is specifically designed to help me do that. And then I even take some time every few months, um, every you know six to nine months or so, um, specifically to step away, you know, for a weekend or for a couple of days um, to just invest some time thinking about the business and, and thinking about strategy and thinking about, to your point, and I love, I love that recommendation of actually documenting the issues because we tend to go from issue to issue to issue. And if we really paid attention to those, we might see that what seem to be separate issues actually are connected in some way. Um, mm-hmm. But to be able to take some time to say, you know, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a great example here, Jay. We one time, so uh, in in our recruiting business, we one time at one point sort of recognized. I recognized as I was taking some time away. I said. You know, we're doing a really good job getting people in the right positions. And then what we've seen is, you know, we've only had only at that point, this was maybe four years ago, we had um, only two situations where an employee didn't work out in, in kind of a six-month period, which is what we typically evaluate. Mm-hmm. And whenever I looked at that, I recognized, you know, both of those were because of sort of really lack of training on the employer side with our client, that they... Mm-hmm didn't really onboard the new employee properly. And so then that made me, that made me think, well, I wonder, you know, what's the situation over the previous couple of years? And I found it was the same thing. Most of the time that was the issue. So we were able to, I kind of took some time just simply to put a process in place to help our client, the employer, understand how to more effectively onboard a new employee, which help them, gave, you know, free resource, here's information, we're here to help you, but also helped us because it increased the retention rate that our clients were experiencing. Um, And otherwise, 
you know, without taking that time to step back and look at things higher level, probably would have not recognized it and just said, well, that's part of, that's the nature of the industry and that's something we have to deal with. So those are just little things that whenever we take that time and, and to your point, kind of documenting those issues, thinking about what they are, talking to your team, um, you know, the worst words in business, you know, that's the way we've always done it. Uh, and yes. so talking to your team to find out why do we do things this way and how can we do them differently? Um, some, some great and valuable information in that. One of the things too, I know um, that you focus on is, is the leadership side of the organization. And I've kind of, I'm just reading through something that, that I've seen you have written here is that um, an effective leader requires a completely different kind of leadership, one that necessitates a level of engagement, accountability, communication, and ownership. And mm-hmm. those can easily be buzzwords, but to be effective, um, uh, those are some really important things that we need to be able to do, create a level of engagement, accountability, communication, and ownership. The, the first piece of that I'd like to talk about, Jay, is um, the accountability piece. I think that that's something that is oftentimes missed. Uh, and again, especially in this small business space, um, because we build relationships with our employees and sometimes we forget about the accountability that comes and then we turn around three years from now and say, well, this employee never was great, but uh, they're, you know, they're like a brother or sister to me and I, I can't do anything about that. Right. So what do you recommend when you see situations like that, that there's a level of accountability that just is not happening in an organization? The first thing is that people have to truly understand what accountability is and where it starts. Um, an example I like to use is, is accountability is like a like a bouncy ball. Remember those bouncy balls we used to get as kids and you'd bounce them and they'd bounce 60 feet in the air and you'd do it as hard as you could. Yeah. So accountability as leaders, a lot of times we think accountability starts with our teams. They're accountable to us. Do, mm-hmm. do what we say, accomplish what we say. Absolutely. 100%, 180 degrees in the opposite direction of what it really is. I use an example in the Marines. So I spent years in the Marines. If the general walked up to our, our platoon and uh, pulled our lieutenant or, or whoever, I need you to take that mountain. Okay. You, you'd think that the accountability starts with us taking that mountain. It actually didn't. It started with the general. The general is accountable first because the general has to su- provide us with transportation, mm-hmm. supplies, ammunition, ground support, air support. He's re- re- responsible for or accountable for supplying all of that to us before we can be accountable to take that mountain. Mm-hmm. You can't expect us to do it with sticks. Okay. So accountability starts with leadership and it's like a ball. We start at leadership, we drop the ball, hits the ground all the way to our floor level people, come straight back up. Accountability never stops. Mm-hmm. So when I talk with leaders, that's the first thing I get them to understand is accountability starts with you. You are accountable to your team. Your job as a leader is to provide your team with everything they need to succeed. Mm-hmm. Your job is not to sit in an office and to check their performance. Your job is to make sure they have what they need to succeed. Mm-hmm. And to circle back about what you were talking about earlier, understanding the problems is as leaders, and I'm, you know, this is leaders in, in, in organizations that have 500,000 people down to five people. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we sit in our offices and we think we understand everything that's going on in our operations. And the reality is we don't as well as we think we do. Mm-hmm. Easiest way to prove that. And this, this is the easiest, absolute way. As a leader, go out and grab five or 10 people, bring everybody into a room, 
give them all one sticky note each mm-hmm. and have them write down what they believe the three biggest opportunities for improvement or barriers to success that they struggle with every single day. Mm-hmm. If you do that with 10 people, you're going to end up with probably about 30 different answers. <laughs> That's right. And what that does, it, it's, it's an eye-opening experience because we always think from our level, because we sit at this level as leaders, mm-hmm. we see the, the perspective. Our perspective is up here. We think this is our biggest opportunity. This is our biggest barrier. This is our biggest barrier. But the person down there at the front line or the director or the manager who have a completely different perspective, they fight this and this every single day. They don't even know about those up there. Right. And then the, the, the floor line person who's turning the ranch or who's administering the IV, they fight this and this and this every right. single day. And all of a sudden, we, when we look at our biggest opportunities, we have no idea really what our biggest opportunities are. So the fact that you sat there with your team and said, these are our barriers. This is what's preventing or, or keeping the people from being staying with the organizations for, for as long as they should. Mm-hmm. That's the first step. That's one of the very first steps is because if you're not all on the same page, mm-hmm. you're never going to accomplish what you want to accomplish. It's, right. it's like the Navy. In the Navy, everybody on a ship is pointing in the same direction. They don't have a choice. That leader says, that captain says, point the ship that way. Right. Guess what? Everybody's going that way. But in organizations that are not on a ship, we end up pointing this way. We end up pointing this way. We end up pointing this way, that way, that way. And all of a sudden, a year down the road, we have a meeting and say, hey, how are we doing? We're not even in the same freaking hemisphere right. as far as what we're trying to accomplish. And we wonder, well, how? Yeah, It goes back to uh, being on the same page. And, and leaders have to understand accountability starts with them. Right, right. Well, then that's, uh, I completely agree. And I think that's a good illustration of that. And that leads into, um, you know, the concept of, of engagement and communication. And to your, to your illustration, one of the ways that I talk about that when doing leadership training and talking about keeping people engaged, making sure that we're communicating, um, I call it providing definition, making sure people clearly understand what's expected of them, how we're going to get there, mm-hmm. what direction we're going, and all of these types of things. And the way that I often put that is, uh, to illustrate it verbally so people could kind of kind of hear this as well, is that, um, you know, if we're all on the same path, and I've got it, my, my goal as a leader, to your illustration about the ship, is to keep everybody on that ship headed in the same direction. And what happens is, if one of my team members heads off even just five degrees well, that's going to happen. That's natural and normal. That's going to take place. It's my job to continue to calibrate us back. It's my job to continue to communicate with them regularly to make sure we get back on track. Because if I, I actually heard someone say this just a few months ago, and it, it's, um, it's painful to think in these terms. They were uh, coaching a client of theirs. I think it was up in the Ohio area. And um, they said, well, y- y- this, this, business owner was getting really frustrated with their team uh, because they weren't following some sort of procedure that they had in place. And he said, well, when was the last time, you know, are you regularly reminding them that this needs to happen? This needs to happen. And her response was, well, I sent them a memo two years ago that let them know this is what, this is how we do things. And nothing's changed since then. So it should be the same. Well, that's a great example of you get off five degrees. Well, two years later, you aren't even, you're not, 
you're not even on the same ship, right? You're, you're, you're headed in a completely different direction, different goals, different mindset, different view. Everything is different for you now. So it's normal and natural for our team to start to veer because things happen. To your point about the, the, the crisis or the opportunity for improvement for somebody administering the IV is different than for you who's overseeing the budget. But mm-hmm. it is up to you to make sure we're calibrating, communicating. Let's get you back on track. Now we're still heading in the same direction. Start to veer off. Let's get you back on track. So let's talk about that for a second, that, that, that engagement and communication, and especially on the communication side, Jay, what, what do we need to do as effective leaders to make sure that we are communicating regularly without micromanaging so that our team knows that we're involved, we're listening, we are, um, uh, and, and that we are getting the right information in front of them to keep everybody headed in the same direction. You know, and, and this, this is a tool that can be used by a company that's got 10 people and it can be used by a company that's got um, 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be used by an organization, for example, um, that has clinics, a hospital that has clinics. How do you, and that's one of the biggest struggles with a lot of hospital systems, is how do you keep all these clinics that are peppered around within 100 miles of each other, how do you keep them all pointed in the same direction, understanding the goals and objectives as a system? Mm-hmm. Well, I refer to it as the huddle, a morning huddle. And I, a lot of what I do is implementing visual management systems. Mm-hmm. Um, which is nothing more than a culture change um, cloaked in a management system. Because that's really what 99% of the organizations out there are trying to do. When you start talking about engagement, what you're looking to do is create a different culture, a, a, a culture of engagement. Easiest way to do that is what I refer to as the morning huddle. And, you know, let's say you've got a, a heating and air conditioning company. Uh, the owner of the company walks out. We meet, you know, the guys jump, the guys and the gals jump in their trucks at eight o'clock. Well, at 7.45, we meet in the garage and we go over a board that shows our performance. It talks about our quality, how many customer complaints we've had, what our volumes look like. Right. You know, um, we talk about what yesterday looked like. We had a, a guy, one of the guys go out on a call and he didn't have some of the equipment he needed. Um uh, some of the materials he needed. Okay. Do we have any concerns for today? Do we have any big jobs coming up the next week that are going to require us to, to bundle a couple, couple people together and have you go out together? Mm-hmm. Who's on vacation next week? And what that does is instead of everybody getting there at 755, checking, make sure they have fuel, jumping in their trucks and going in different directions and being their own, own autonomous groups, mm-hmm. we start out at 745 with a huddle. And you can do this. We do this. We, we did this at Toyota. We did this at General Motors. We did it at Caterpillar. Mm-hmm. And every healthcare system that I work with, we do this. But what it does is that it allows that captain to make sure that everybody that's supposed to be on that ship is on that ship. And we clarify the direction. We go over any concerns. You go over any potential issues, what the plan looks like. And it gets everybody on that same page. It, it gets everybody on every single day pointed at 180 degrees, and we're all starting that direction. Because to your point, if I'm off even two degrees and I take 30 steps, I am way off course at this point. Right. So every single day, and even if it's a five-minute huddle, when we talk about a morning huddle, it doesn't have to be a half hour. Mm-hmm. It can literally be a five-minute huddle. The challenge is to get people to participate. The expectation, this is one of the things about expectations, it's not a request. 
It's an expectation. If you want to be part of this team, the successful team that's going to go places that most teams can't go, aren't, aren't able to go, you will be here at this five-minute huddle. Right. And you will be engaged. And we want your opinion. We want your ideas. We want you to tell us, you know what? I had this issue yesterday and I was talking with Terry. And if we did this, we wouldn't be fighting this anymore. Hmm. You talk about engagement. That's when the floodgates open up. And all of a sudden, people start to see their ideas being implemented yeah. and actually impacting the big picture. Man, you can't. The floodgates will just open up and it, 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 it's the culture change. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the other thing that's really valuable in that too is it allows, you know, kind of going back to that concept of calibration, it allows everyone to understand what's important for us. What are we measuring? What are we monitoring? So, mm-hmm. you know, to your point, if you're looking at the board and it says this is the number of service calls we made, these are the callbacks that we had to do because of errors. Uh, these okay. were the complaints that we had, you know, and you've got this list of four or five things. Well, then me jumping on a truck in the morning, I know these are the things that the company's evaluating to see whether we're being successful or not. I, you know, they mm-hmm. expect us to get five service calls in a day. I got five. I didn't have any callbacks and I got no complaints. Okay, I'm good. Well, if, if I think, well, the only thing that matters is that I get as many service calls in a day because no one's told me otherwise. So I go out and I'm able to get eight service calls in a day and I think I'm killing it. But we had four complaints yesterday. And so the boss is saying, you're doing a terrible job. Well, then we're on that, then we're two degrees off, right? And so right. that gives us that opportunity as leaders in that short amount of time just to make sure everybody's on the same page of what we expect, where the real value is and what we're doing and, and keeping everybody on the same page so they know every day um, and it allows your new employees to know on a regular basis, okay, this is what this company's focused on. This is what's important to them. Um, these are yeah. kind of the core metrics that they're looking at. So I think that's yeah. I think that's a great, and it's a great start. That's something that, um, you know, I would encourage a business of any size, whether you have, uh, you know, to your point, five employees or 5,000 employees, get together um, regularly with a purpose. And it doesn't have to be, we're going to sit around for an hour and chit chat. It has a, it has a purpose. We're just going to kind of do a quick evaluation, um, make sure everybody's on the same page of where we're going, and then we're going to move forward to the next to the next step of the day. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. The voice of the customer. When I talked about, you know, like customer complaints. When I when we talk about what's called the voice of the customer, it's not just complaints. I had a uh, um, Louise call in yesterday after we fixed her air conditioning, and she just just ranted and raved about how wonderful we were how amazing it was, all the good things. Because when you start talking about the voice of the customer, you know, it's it's not just the people saying, hey, hey you were late. It's not the people saying, hey, you left my carpet dirty or hey, you left trash out, uh, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's also the people that are calling in and saying, man, this was amazing. This was the nicest person I'd ever met. They were cordial. They were polite. Mm-hmm. Um, because the voice of the customer is really what the customer values. And right. so when we're sharing that on a constant basis, it changes the dynamics of our organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, Jay, this is some great information. And, and, and these are things, and one of the things that I really love about it is these are things that are fairly easy for us to implement. These aren't, you know, these aren't huge dynamic changes and shifts that we need to make in our organization. They're simple things that we can start putting in place um, immediately. And so I would encourage mm-hmm. people to check that out and um, go check out the resources that Jay has out there. We'll put a link to this website uh, in the show notes. 
Um, but take a look at the information that's out there and be thinking about what can you do in your organization today, this week, um, to hold a level, a different level of accountability, but starting with that communication and that engagement with your team, uh, with your uh, customers, your clients, and, and making sure that you're keeping those channels of communication open and you're doing so in a way that helps people understand where we are, where we're going, and how we're going to get there. So, um, Jay, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us and to share uh, some of your knowledge and expertise and, and helping us with uh, some of the, the day-to-day challenges that we face on a regular basis as small business leaders. Well, thank you very much, Colin. And last comment, when anybody listening is excellence in operations requires you to start with excellence in leadership. Mm-hmm. Don't expect your, your organization to ever reach become excellent if you're not willing to demonstrate as a leader um, excellence in leadership. And it's simple. So appreciate it very much. Appreciate what you do too. Thanks for joining us on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes. For more information on how Employer Blueprint can help build great teams in your business, visit employerblueprint.com. Or to inquire about Kyle speaking at your next event, visit kylegorman.com. And until next time, make it a great day. Today's episode was produced by Just You Marketing for all of your podcast needs. Just You Marketing has you covered. Be sure to hit the subscribe button before you leave today and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you and you could reach us at podcast at employerblueprint.com.